everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Health Advocates. It's been quite a long time. Lots of things. Way too long. The way. Um, Jake's been holding it down with his Good Morning Devil's Dance. Hope you guys have been enjoying that. He's still killing it, still carrying everything. Boys, what's going on? MVP. Not too shabby. It's been a while since we've all been here. So it's nice to get us all together again and talking about eye. our. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. That's a that's a great way to sum up just how everything's been, to be honest. It's been a pain in the ass to get this thing up and running for recording today, but we're here. We're alive. We're here and we're alive and we're here to talk about our favorite team. That's been you know, in, in some mud, if we're gonna be real. Uh I've been doing good. I'm always doing good though. Uh a, a little uh looking forward to hopefully some bants in today's episode we'll see i think generally this crew probably mostly agrees across the board on most things which makes for less bands uh but we know rat pack is a scaredy cat and and won't show face when uh when it'll get pushed back so it is what it is yeah bp couldn't make it tonight he's uh he was too busy getting <clears throat> he's too busy getting back in the mud on twitter so he couldn't make it today <laughs> um but no yeah we i mean I don't know if we'll disagree too too much i feel like well i don't know if we'll agree too much because i feel like there's a lot of different points of contention that have been going on the past couple weeks with overall pace of play and everything um jake i think you had the schedule up since last time we met i think it was the two the uh the two wild game that we that we left off with yeah so yeah we beat the wild back to back then we had the jack injury with and the loss to the blues Beat the Blackhawks uh, without our boy. Um, obviously lost Nico in the Buffalo game right after we had recorded. Um, lost to the Avalanche in the third period slide. Lost to the Capitals in the third period slide. Lost to the Jets in a third period slide. Beat the Penguins in a third period Deller game. Lost to the Rangers in a third period slide. And there's a, that... there's a couple of common themes there. Goaltending and third period slides. Third period slides really Honestly, encapsulate say, most even, of that. I didn't even think about that. There's a a mega correlation there yeah, to mega, why we're losing. Mega correlation, and it's also just like not related whatsoever because it just it just happens that it's a coincidence. But yeah, the main topic of discussion, or at least the main sticking point for me, the past couple of weeks, or since we've gone off, it's like the overall pace of play has been fine. I thought, or I've been thinking. The main thing again is just annoying. We're back here. We had one year of solid goaltending, and we're right back in the uh, the goaltending conversation again. It's been pretty brutal the past couple of weeks to watch, and kind of honestly, the main reason why we've I think I think we're currently out of a wild card spot, right? Uh, yeah. The Metro is incredibly uh, competitive as it always has been, but I'm gonna pull everything up here on the side real quick. So if we look at the Metropolitan Division, um. We have the Rangers in first with 25 points, the Flyers in second with 21 points, the Caps uh, and Hurricanes tied with 20 points, the Penguins having 18, us and the Islanders have 17, and Columbus at the bottom with 12 how many, points. How many goals do the Capitals have, by the way? I want to see that again. Um, their differential is, a mi- goal, is actually goals, a mi- Just their goals for. I don't think I have that up right now, but oh, I'm going to get that. My main. Well, you're pulling that up real quick. I mean, the biggest thing is definitely, uh, you know, the Flyers have one more or two games on us, but they have three games on Washington, which is kind of why they're they're second there. Technically, by point percentage, uh, Washington would be second in the Metro, and they'd be third in the East right now. Uh, So I know a lot of fans were very upset at losing to the Capitals twice now, but uh, Lindgren, their like out of nowhere goaltender, has been. Bonkers. Yeah, Good. I remember making fun of that signing after they went like Couple years ago. Scorched, yeah, full score shirt with their goaltending when they traded uh, VTech and got rid of Samsonov. I remember I was like Charlie Lindgren for like a, it was like three years, like one point three mil or whatever. He's crazy. He's currently like I think by goal save above expected, like a top three or four goalie right now, which is just like just typical. <laughs> like uh, actually, go, go yeah, back. Third, yeah. Technically, Sorry. third in the whole league right now. Yeah. Uh, to go back, the Caps are second worst in the league with goals for. They have 37. Okay. The only team less than them is the Sharks with 27. And how many games have they played? 
They have, uh, I believe, they have? 15, 15, game, 15 games played. Okay, so in 13 games that are not the Devils, they have 27 goals. Which would be tied with we've, San Jose. We spotted them 10 goals. Well, I mean, honestly, it looks like they are going to start. It looks like Lingren's going to steal the net and is going to be their starter to that close out the year. Crazy. I mean, just for the goaltending standpoint, they just signed so, Kempard. He's back up now. I mean, if, you know, most Devils fans, at least the, um, you know, ones that like to give themselves heart attacks are probably watching the standings like it's really packed, but we're on the outside looking in heading into Thanksgiving. Even with a win tomorrow, it will not put us technically into a wild card spot. Yada yada, 70 plus percent of teams in playoff positions come Thanksgiving make playoffs. Yada yada. I can't even like look but, at that right now, though. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's so early, but it is true. You know, there's a long track record of, you know, like I said, over 70% if you're in. Now, obviously, out in the West, I would say that's probably very accurate, where there is a very dark, very stark um, divide between current playoff teams and not playoff teams at least top three in each division. There's like maybe four or five teams fighting it out for those wildcard spots. Whereas if you look at the East, other than like Columbus, I can legitimately see an argument for every other team in the East still having a fighting chance at wildcard or top three. I mean, the West is a very have and have not, and it's kind of been that way for the past like five or so years. And Yeah, 100% Metro, agree. Oh, like, flashbang. Like Philly, just out of nowhere, have like this isn't even a mirage of Philadelphia. Like they're like legitimately like a good team, which is annoying. Oh, I know what I was getting at is the Capitals might legitimately also be good. I don't know. With I, haven't, I haven't looked at their like underlines, but they just I I'm gonna try and like, get what some I said stuff. Before, like they have like ten goals against us, and against us they're averaging like against everyone else averaging two goals a game with like unbelievable goaltending. So like how like legit are they? You know. So, I mean, you can look at it two different ways, right? It's either the goaltending's carrying them a bit, but if you take goaltending and shooting percentage, they're more towards the bottom in shooting percentage and then more towards the top in save percentage. Yep. So their PDO is 992. So they're pretty close. Right. Yeah. But generally speaking, they, they actually were peaking when they were playing us. They have now been back on the downtrend. So I think at best they are fighting for a wild card come season's end, but I think they've set themselves up with Lindgren. If Lindgren keeps this level of play up, where the biggest question mark would be, can he actually handle that kind of workload? Eh, eh. But then you can always go, you can always go back to Kemper, who's a Stanley Cup champ. So correct. So I but think his they, tenure in Washington has been super weird. That's yeah, why, like oh, dude, I hate talking about goaltending because it's just so random. Like they signed him oh. five by five to be the guy. Now he's not the guy. Like a year into it, to, he lost his job to Charlie Lindgren. I'm good talking that because I know that is like the devil's conversation is yeah. goaltending. So I'm good, kind of making that the main focus here at the top. It might be crazy we'll when we come to this others. conversation. So <clears throat> if you were to name two two goaltenders off the dome right now that Devils fans were fiending for in the off season, there's one that is obvious: Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. Who would probably be your second choice? Not completely throw everything out from this season. Purely Soros. all season. Soros? What about I'm you? I'm pretty Andrew? sure a lot of people were talking about wanting Soros just because the state Nashville was in, and now they're kind of like in it, at it. Um, Nashville's weird, too. And I guess you could probably say if it's not Soros, it's going to be one of uh, Boston's goaltenders. I was going to say one of those Boston guys, but they've been playing well. I know the Sequoias have been playing bad. Yeah. Don't so, remember one. I mean, I did want Gustafson, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that you're saying or thinking of Mark Andre Fleury, who has been terrible. Uh, we can throw him in there as well. But really, it was Hellebuck and Soros, as far as even realistically obtainable, because I think it came out fairly early once Boston moved off of Hall and a few other other contracts. They basically said, "Oh no, we have the books cleaned out. We we're keeping both our goalies." And unless you heavily overpaid, you were not getting either of them away from Boston. So Hellebuck's been a, a little bit above average. He's had ups and downs. He actually started off the season very poorly. Yeah. He's kind of picked up his place since then and has been better. Uh, but I think every single Devils fans would agree. No chance we wanted to give him the contract he was given. No. I, saw that, I saw that point revisited on Twitter 
in past like week or so it's like people are like oh we should just give it to him it's like yeah we give it to him and then when he's bad you would have complained again so what's oh the- yeah you would it would have because it's it not just it would have been worse giving him that we would have had to give up assets to get him to also then give him that contract it would have been assets and then the team help contract probably to him as well yeah. right so like you lose a lot to go get Hellebuck and if he's average oh that 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 feels feels real bad man to pay eight million dollars to a guy that's just basically league average when we have two barely yeah slightly less than league average okay so then so then we talk about you know hellebuck there right if you take everything in consideration assets to give up contract probably does if we could have got him for free right you just place him on the team as is we'd probably be like oh no, no that'd be nice but actual reality probably doesn't feel as good. So let's go to the next guy that I also would have been down getting. Soros. You take Vitek's performance, Schmidt's performance, add those together for how bad they've been, cut it in half, and now add that to it again. Soros has been worse. Using gold saved above expected. Correct. Yeah, just to keep it. <laughs> Kevin Lincoln has been way better than him, too. Uh, well, yes, in comparison. Lincoln has been, like, the most average of average, but compared to Soros, who has been abysmal. And that's the other goaltender you would have to give up a ton of assets for. I, there's still people that want to give up assets for him. I'm not even saying we shouldn't, by right, the way. I was going to say, the case with him, it's like he'll bounce back. It's just one of those things where I think we've been very consistent on this podcast. Goaltending is voodoo. Outside of so insane. Honestly, this season it's like outside of two guys, two or three. Yeah, every team's dealing before. with no consistent goaltending at all. I don't even think the elite goalies just to tie back into to Soros. I don't even think any of the elite guys have been good this year. Sorokin hasn't been good. Sorokin hasn't been good. Shesterkin hasn't been good. Nope, um, nope. Arguably arguably three of the oh, so we'll put it this way. So if you take Demko season right, so last year. And um, caveat it with his injury and recovery. He's always been really good with an asterisk on last season, and he's been the best goalie this year, bar none. Yeah, he's like six goals above expected, but better. He's been and absolutely stellar. You got Swayman in the top three for above expected. Omar just outside of top 10. Gibson's having a bounce back year. You got Ottinger just outside of top 10 as well. I know the biggest goalies are... Really good. Cam Talbot out of nowhere. Jake Allen probably too at this point, I think. Uh, so I, think I have the J Fresh chart Allen's that he posted fine. from, I believe, two days, two, three days ago with the goals of save above expected leaders. From bottom to top, we have Logan Thompson, Lena Solmark, John Gibson, Jake Ottinger, Jacob Markstrom, Semyon Varlamov, Aiden Hill, Jordan Bington, Jerry, Jeremy Swayman, and number one with Thatcher Demko. Okay. Like Jordan Bington, if, people were ready to like, throw him out of the league last year, and now he's like one of the best. Like, Yep. You guys, uh, you guys want to have this talk real quick? So obviously we're talking to to uh, Calgary. I know uh, Zadorov, right? Zadorov. Yeah, Nikita Zadorov is definitely it wants out. Is on our radar. A lot of Devils fans want him. I know uh, Andrew is a big, big proponent yes, of acquiring him. Um, Maybe not so much anymore. Are you guys have how good you guys interested in a blockbuster deal for say him and a one Markstrom? I literally looked at Markstrom the other day because I was on cap friendly just like looking at goalies that you could potentially acquire. He has three years left at six million per year, I think. And oh, he's 33. And he's years what? Old. Yeah, I was going to say he's like 32, 33. I mean, at this point, also, uh, also full null move. Uh, obviously, I think he would waive for here, but just to throw that out there. It's so difficult to like put this into perspective because obviously, this offseason, we were super adamant about the goaltending being the last piece like it was clearly obvious everybody know Fitz knows the team knows that like that's what's going to put us over the edge and then even with all the guys on the in the radar like nothing just made sense and even though that's our clear solution what what really is there to look for right now just hopefully kind of like a phoenix copley aiden hill kind of situation where you just hope that some third guy you have in your system just starts taking over the crease or hoping that your current guys come back it's it's just a weird time for us when that's really all we're looking for for major stability, especially in this weird year where we're supposed to be super competitive. Well, the only real way you get an elite goalie 
is by what we're doing currently is drafting a ton of goalies in the mid to late rounds and just kind of letting them cook. Like Schmidt's a fifth round pick. The fact that he's even anything at this point is good. Um, the kid down in Utica right now, I think it's Isaac Poltier or Polter. He twenty two yep. years old, having has good numbers. Couldn't even tell you where he went to, where he played juniors. Not even, Tyler, not even just good numbers. He no, is like really good. And he's twenty two. Really, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's encouraging. I mean, that's literally what you do. You just take a bunch of shots in the dark. I mean, uh, Logan Thompson was in the devil. Like people loved like the claim to fame for Logan Thompson. He was in our ECHL team for like a day, and then during the COVID season, he played out in uh, Vegas. They picked him up, and now he's one of the best goalies in the league. Seven sixty-six k for two more years. They got Aiden Hill, who was like a career backup, and now he's like a Vesna candidate. So the only way to get an elite goalie is just keep drafting, and then. Well, I'd say end of the day, I think the point we really want to drive home here, at least for me, is, is there really such a thing as in a, you know, outside of, you know, two or three now, arguably, um, is there such a thing really as an elite goalie? No. It is, it is a crapshoot year to year. And, you know, at the end, and especially giving up major assets or major contracts at the goalie position, it's like, you got to be so sure. Because I feel like I may be in the minority in this where I do think there is elite goaltenders, but just the way the nature of the sport has gone the past couple of years, where just goals are coming so easily to come by on a game to game basis, where sometimes the team's just hot at the right time. And obviously, there's a lot of advanced analytics to probably go against this, in my opinion. But I still think in terms of like raw natural talent and what a goalie could bring to the table, there's there's probably genuinely between like maybe five and ten elite goaltenders, even though that that might change. But I can 100 percent see the argument that like goaltending now is more of just can you platoon goalie well? Can you have two above league average goaltenders and a really strong defense in front of them and just play that way with whatever offensive system works best for you at this rate. Didn't Jake, didn't you pull something the other day about goal? It might have, I don't think it maybe might have been you. It might have been someone else who pulled like the amount of teams who have like two negative goalies by goal save above expected. It wasn't me, it wasn't, but it, I, it, yeah, it wasn't, it might not have been you, but it might've been someone that was in one of our chats. I mean, it's, there's just like not goaltending, like just to piggy up, to piggyback off what Dan said, like, goaltending just isn't going up at the same rate as skaters are skaters are getting way better way faster than goalies are like you're not going to see young elite goalies i mean you are there's a couple in the minors uh yes we're wallstead to name one of them i mean sebastian koza out in uh detroit i know he you got, got dustin right. wolf in calgary dustin you've got yaroslav askarov right askarov's got good numbers uh, dustin wolf but like the rate. They're just not like the rookie goaltender that's going to take over the league immediately and be like, oh yeah, right. he's immediate top 10, right. to thing, top 5 guy right there. And the thing with goalies is they don't come in the league at like 19, 20, 21, 22 like skaters do. Arguably they probably should because a lot of these, like some kids are just ready right away, but like they don't, like, rookie goalies are like 25, 26. They get, their, they get started way later, so I don't think you're going to see goalies. That's why you just take a bunch of goalies. Maybe, like, <clears throat> maybe one hits, like Isaac Poulter. Next year, if he was the backup, it was good. Like, I don't think that would surprise anybody just based off of the is way it, goalies go. Is it bad that I kind of want to counter with that same point being like, if you want to grab a bunch of goalies, like, does the only older goalie matter? I mean, obviously, the age curve never reflects any good on anyone, but like, look at a guy like Ranta this year, look at a guy like Mrazic this year, like, even on a really bad Chicago team. I still don't like he's Mrazic. been putting up some, huh? I still don't like Mrazic. I'm too scared. I agree, but I'm saying that... watching him play in Toronto. 100% but like some of these older goalies are just kind of like deciding to take back like turn back the clock a little here like is it really just kind of like a actually I, uh, hand, like grab bag a goalie or two and then see what rocks and then just you know revolving door a little tinfoil ish here um so I don't know I'm, I, I think Andrew maybe uh Dan I don't know about you uh our avid PDO cast listeners from time to time when someone says it's a good episode like Put it on. I, I, I'll listen to almost every episode. I think it's one of the best hockey podcasts cool. out there. Shout out PDO. Um, they do a lot. Uh, I mean, really good deep dive episodes on just individual players, positional teams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they had a really great goalie episode 
uh, one time. And actually, it was in the offseason this year, especially when the Hellebuck rumors were going crazy. Uh, so I have a couple points to make here. Uh, first off, um, Dan, to your point of only older goaltenders kind of having seeming like a bounce back type season or two in the last couple of years. One point that they brought up that I thought was pretty fascinating was at least in North American goaltending schools, they basically have all fallen into the same system of goalie teaching, uh, positional goaltending, uh, playing your crease, more bigger size, yada, yada, yada. And generally speaking, every goaltender brought up, at least North American system-wise, is taught the same stuff. And when that happens, the especially the way the NHL is trending with a lot more, a lot faster, a lot more skill game, calling a lot more penalties. These elite type players and with the skill depth in the league, when they are used to playing those that goaltending system that is being taught, not even just growing up all the way through midget juniors, etc., and then they get to the NHL and they're playing those same goaltenders that came up through that. They just know how to pick it apart. And unless you have those truly, truly elite guys that have been able to adapt to the scooters and pick apart those goaltenders, you're correct. So when you have the older goaltenders that maybe grew up in a slightly different system, they can adapt better to the new age skater. And then obviously you still have the exceptions of a Shesterkin or, I mean, he's Russian, so I'm not even sure that really applies to him. But when you have... have the top three goaltenders in my opinion that are like truly truly they're all russian but that's they're all russian right so the point being you kind of it almost is an ebb and flow where the skaters start figuring out the goalies and then there's a lag time for the goalie systems to adapt to the new skaters and then there will be a a new wave of goaltenders that are going to come in and you'll actually see a dip in goal scoring for a few years until again it flows back over to skaters and the league wants to increase goal uh scoring and yada yada this 100 percent makes sense when you think about like how everything came from like the 90s with like the dominance of goaltenders and then we obviously have like that early into the 2000s kind of dips again you get the 2010s where you get like hank and price flurry to an extent and then you dip back we're almost like in that lull again and it's coming back up Yep, that's pretty much. And then the other point I want to make, they specifically looked at Hellebuck's numbers. I forget. I'm, I'm blanking off the top of the dome here. But there's a um, expensive stats website you can pay for that obviously all the teams have and some you know big analytics people pay for uh, that really go into the goalie numbers that really breaks down uh, where their strengths and weaknesses are. And they were looking at Hellebuck's game in you know low danger, high danger, medium danger, point shots, uh, net front, slot passes, cross crease, stuff like that, versus how our system plays and the type of shots that we tend to give up. I think we talked about this in one of the episodes now. Yeah, and they actually determined that Hellebuck's game actually would not have fit our mold quite well, that he's an elite goaltender in the right system that decreases his weaknesses and it allows the chances that he's just really good at stopping. And I think that actually kind of flows back into some of the struggles this year where we are very obviously giving up a bit more high danger chances, odd man breaks, stuff like that, cross crease slot shots um, this year compared to last year. And Vanacek last year was a high high danger save percentage demon. And this year, not so much. So sorry, I'm looking at my phone because I'm trying to, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm trying to find... So Connor Hellebuck is 1.1 goal save above expected, which just seems really... I mean, don't get me wrong, like, that's fine, because he's above average, but when we went to Winnipeg and we we were, like, we were going to play against, we were going to play them, I pulled up, like, the, uh, Max McCurdy's, like, 5v5 breaks, their defense is unbelievable, so I don't know, that's, what you just said is really weird, because, like, they don't give up, they being Winnipeg, they don't give up a ton of chances, even though I thought we played pretty well in Winnipeg outside of the whatever. Like, that's that's interesting. But that's also, that's kind of where I was going to go with the whole discussion. It's like, I think we just need to find a guy who fits your system. Yep. Like, I think that's need, kind of... The, we need a high danger save percentage demon. Uh, our system really is... That's interesting to say that, though, about Vitek, that he was really good last year. But I don't know his stats, like, in when he was in Washington, but... 
I mean, it looks like he's giving up, like, he's doing okay safe, like, high danger percentage wise, and he's just giving up, like, the soft ones. I think, I, I guess if you kind of chalk it up to looking at how the games have gone, uh, like, you can see in a couple of those Winnipeg games, uh, not Winnipeg games, the, the wild games that we had where we gave them a lot of power play opportunities, and uh, they had a lot of sustained chances, and you could even probably chalk it up to this most recent Ranger game. Like, there were a lot of crazy saves that I felt like VTech 100% should have given up and then like you bring to bring up to your point like a lot of those soft ones I feel like my chalking up to like our struggles has been like what we started the episode off with which is just a lot of third period struggles a lot of really poor dis defensive miscommunications at like the absolute worst times and then just not getting like the type of save you need at the right time like i don't want to assume that obviously the data is telling us our goalies are pretty trash we can all chalk it up like i mean vtech having a minus 5.6 low goals saved above expected and just me not being able to have the start like he did last year when he played definitely doesn't help us out but at least two of those three things should somewhat solidify themselves within the next couple of months in my opinion something's got to give Again, I'm doing something on the phone. Okay, so I just looked no at the high danger. It's the high danger save percentage. So B-Tech has a save percent, high danger save percentage of 71.9. Akira's is 82 point something. I just it away. So of goalies who have played 200 minutes this year, so that's a decent sample size for, and that's not really a great sample size, but it's enough to weed out the guys who have made one start. Out of high danger save percentage, VTech I check ranks fourth worst in the NHL. Yep. Yep. Jack, yep. Jack yep. Campbell's is sixty three point nine. VTech's yep. is seventy one point nine. Uh Akira ranks. Do, 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 do. I mean, I don't think it's any secret. Like you, you look at our system and we are when healthy, very possession dominant. We give up we cycle like crazy. Our team is flowing. The D men are pinching. Forwards are cycling back to cover the D-man coming in because we have Dougie, we have Luke, um, we'll have Nemec coming up. Like Our entire team is built around this just free-flowing, high-flying, high-octane offense, which is going to give up the odd man break. It's just it's going to happen over 82-game seasons multiple, multiple times. When you have a goalie that can make that big, high-danger save and doesn't isn't going to get pelted with a lot of low-danger, medium-danger chance shots, that's kind of what we really need is just the guy that's going to be average across the board. Like if we wanted to be elite, elite, you find that guy that's average and low and medium and obviously really good at high danger. But you know, you find a goalie like that. They're probably, they're probably pretty elite. Yeah. Jeremy Swayman is fourth in high danger save percentage. And just yeah. to tie into elite. that here, James Reimer is not James. I'm sorry. Charlie Lindgren is 10th. And then Binghamton is 13th. Yeah. Capital cabinet cap. Capo Kakinet is 12th, but his goal save above expected is still trash, dude. Goalies make no sense to me. Yeah, goalies are voodoo. Don't worry about it. Get healthy and just score goals. It's probably say, though, the... Getting, getting guys healthy and back and everything, I did see something pop up from Jack Hahn on Twitter the other day about our defensive system and how, I forget if it's F1, F2, or F3, but like the centerman, probably F2. Like he, The centerman comes down and helps out a lot with like the breakout. And getting two genuine elite centers will help in that regard. The breakouts, I mean, the breakouts have been brutal. Getting yeah, guys, when you have to rely on base, like turnovers, you're heading in your own end. I when mean, you have out, to rely on Mike, yeah, Mikey and Howla. He's not a one C. Yeah, if we're relying on those like secondary third tier playmakers to be one for like oh, like comparatively to like elite two way players and puck movement and puck possession can obviously throw a huge wrench in the way our system plays. Like we've been trying to do a lot more dump and chase kind of play, especially with like the bottom six, like when we we've tried so to get much. like, yeah. And that's just kind of like, we've basically been playing a completely different system than what we've been used to. And I think that also contributes to why I think our success hasn't been as good, but like in the Ranger game, when we had just, just Jack back alone, you saw so many glimpses of what we started the year like and what we were like last year. Catching the Rangers when they were making bad plays in our zone and just beaming the other way, starting to get some cycle plays in. And just 
almost capitalizing. Jack could have hat trick. He really could have. We could say that literally every game. Right? Yeah, no, but I'm saying like usually he comes back slow from his injuries, but he eight shot attempts, goal and assist. He's a gamer against the Rangers. Goal, we know that. His goal and Akinsey's assist, like, but the puck rolled off his stick and went to Hollow. But yeah, I know Igor made a good save on. It was literally through desperation. Do... He stuck the stick out and shit, but. I'll do one last comment on goaltending. Uh, I know it's kind of the biggest we'll topic, yeah, and then we can kind of move on. Uh, fully healthy, I think our goaltending will be adequate enough, and it's not going to be exemplary. Uh, we still haven't had a single game yet this year where I feel like a goalie has won it for us. No, we've got like three goals like basically every game. Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, mid-season goaltending acquisitions are. So few and far between and risky as it is that you kind of just hope that one of these guys catches it hot or when we're fully healthy, we're in a play, you know, we make the playoffs anyway. And one of them gets hot in the playoffs is all you really need. It's and we, we go from there. It's going to be interesting to see what we go into like the off season next year too. Cause there's not really anyone that's like outstanding in the free agency pool either. Not like we're going to go actively hunt for free agent goaltender, but I mean, it's a lot of those mid-tier guys that we were talking about. I mean, Murray, um, Rasek, Samsonov, Driedger, um, Fleury, Kakinen, Fransuz, and Lankinen are like the top 10, and according to Cap Friendly, based on salary. And then we have two RFAs in Carter Hart and Jeremy Swayman, which both of them are probably going to get nice big extensions gonna, in their respective. I would have thought Carter Hart might have been a potential target before the season started, but with the way the Flyers are playing, that's not happening. They're going to be... There's also no chance they would have traded him to us anyway. Oh, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like, of guys you could be like, okay, like, this guy could be available, like, poke your, poke your nose there. There's no chance he's going anywhere now. It's crazy, because I thought they were on a bit of a PDO bender, too, but they're playing really well. They're, they're legit good, which is really... It just is really annoying because of how slow we've started with... Because of the goaltending. Um, I'm not concerned. One last point but... to bring up, like, place of play, really. I think it's more of, like, because of the injuries... And just the way we started, I also want to kind of attribute to, even though it's an individual goaltending type of thing, I feel like we haven't been able to put our goaltenders in the best situations for them yet this year, based on how we've played. Well, no, I like there's the whole there's just discrepancy with XG and goaltending. It's really weird. So it's like it looks like they're playing poorly, but like some chances are just like miscalculated or whatever. Like they're just it's like not like a point oh four percent chance or whatever. I can see that, but I feel like in some of the games I've watched, there's just really bad blown coverages. And sure, like overall through the pace of play through a game, we've looked good, but it's one of those like we make one bad mistake at the wrong time and it pretty much costs the game. Huh? It just ends, a... ends up internet. Yeah. Basically, like if we want to chalk it up to, I guess, the Rangers game because I was just there and just watched that. Literally, the John Marino miscoverage on Jimmy VC on that like fourth Wait, goal. That, it's like you probably wasn't expecting VTech to literally just be like. A rubber band and just like the, the puck just bounced off of him and just dropped right in front of him. Couldn't have done a better time. I think it was VC who scored. You could have done a better job tying him up, but like, probably not expecting that. That was the, you're probably thinking back to the Panarin off the face off, which is another one of those scenarios too, where it's, it's like you were like a save there, but like that's just like, it's probably not easy to read coming off of like no. uh, a face off score, and then it's just like, it's on and off the stick before you can even blink. Yeah, no, that the, the, Panarin goal is not off the faceoff. Was not on VTech. No. Neither of them were. Uh, the VZ goal uh, rebound was atrocious. But I'd say the only game we really made easy on our goalies was the Montreal one. Yep. Otherwise, yeah, they haven't a won a game for us. And other than the Montreal game, I don't think we've really made it easy on them either. It's a little. It's literally both. It's it's a little bit of both is what I try and tell people because we've obviously been talking and having major discussions in the Devils Discord about this all the time. It's like. Almost like one pe one group of people is like our goaltending is fucking trash, and then the other and the other group and saying the defense is good, and then the other group is like our defense is is amazing, but our goaltending is well, all right. Did I just say the same thing twice? Yeah, <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, literally just a flip flop, and I it's literally just both. Both are just both. mid, and it's not helping. The defense was legit good, but it's fallen off the past couple past week or so, yeah. which obviously coincides with missing your top two centers and everyone playing out of position. Yeah. With uh, Nico hopefully back after the Detroit game yeah. and Miller now in the lineup, it looks I like over him. Smith. I'm really not that worried 
going forward on. I brought this point up too. Over the next ten games, we have about I would say two or three truly elite opponents, you and the rest you gotta go to run here. You we gotta go on a run here. The true the what did I? I'm gonna go down the list, and obviously we're gonna just go one by one and see. Actually, before we touch on that, was there any other over the last stretch topic or any individual players you want to touch on? Because I had one in mind. You want to just stock, or... buy stock and low stock, like high stock, low stock kind of. Sure, sure. I'm with it. So name uh, a high stock I... player. Go, go ahead. You, yeah, you, you I, go. I'll just. Well, I pulled up an, an NST poll the other day of our five on five uh basically ter- territorial advantage on expected goals and right at the top was mike mcleod um motor mike look in a pinch he can do it over the course of a whole season or however long he played probably a little bit too much but he was i mean he took that opportunity and ran with it i was really impressed with the way he played over the past couple weeks uh, to pl- go from playing guy- guys like me, Bastion, and Thomas Nozick, and whoever else to playing with. I think he was with Brat and Meyer, or Brat and Tafoli. Brat Tafoli. Right. I mean, yep. A little bit, he, yeah. He knows, his, he knows his job. He was a high draft pick. He's a, he's a good player. He had the change in the game to come to the NHL. He still has it. He still kills me when he when he uses stick handling, because it doesn't look like he knows what he's doing with the nope. puck, but he still, somehow, <laughs> he still somehow makes a play, but... I've been really impressed with him. Someone who's been a major point of contention is Andre Palat. I think he's been really good. Do you think he's a pa- flag? I know the contract sucks. It's whatever, but you can, I'm still if, a Palat believer, if, dude. If he's killing the team. You can rack on him. He's literally not. He's when he's out there, good things happen. They always don't end up in the back of the net. Not much has gone in the back of the net for the Devils, but he's been good. Jesper Brett's been really good. Timo Meyer's been way better. Um, Colin Miller the past two games Halloween gets exactly what I thought he would be coming over from Dallas in the summer um, Luke looks unbelievable stud um, Chris Lazar has impressed me Tyler Toffoli doing his thing I, there hasn't been many people who have been like I'm super sour on but like a couple of guys have been standing out for sure for me um, I guess I'm just going to go over that because we haven't really had the time since then to talk about it a lot but Holtz has been Super good. I love that there's a noticeable difference in his game since last season to now. He's not just like a tertiary guy that kind of just waits for his shot and skates very passively. He's a very active skater, incredibly active fork checker, really good in transition at finding a guy open for a nice little break. Great make makes great secondary plays in, in the offensive zone when he cycle. Surprisingly good behind the net. And then, obviously, when he's got his shot on, he literally has one of the best shots in the game. I truly believe that. And I just love that, like, he's trying to carve his way onto this team so much more game by game, especially now that we've finally given him some shots in the top six. And I think eventually it's going to pan out. Well, they, they haven't made it easy on him. He's kind of had to do it. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> Rose just essentially in the doghouse, and he's just making it his mansion. Yeah. But I love the way he's been playing. Kind of like what you were saying, Mikey has impressed me a ton. Super great transition guy. I, I trust him a lot on the puck now. Kind of like Palat. I know you always talk about that. If there's one guy I trust on the team outside of Jack to have the puck on a stick, Palat's one of them. Mikey's kind of earned that trust a little bit more for me too, especially with an all-situations role for him. Um, Colin Miller has been spectacular. I can't wait to see more of him throughout the rest of the season. He was kind of like the... The defenseman we've had the past couple of years when we've been really bad where it's like you want someone that doesn't really stick out too much off like on the ice but just does the right things at the right times gets those uh, good puck ex- uh, zone exits from your own zone just solid playmaking solid banks out the wall and just knows when to make the right pass and uh yeah i mean otherwise can't really um i think i do have like two real uh kind of sour like stock stocks going down picks but we'll get to that uh jake what about you all right well for starting off stock high uh i mean i'll keep it real simple with i think colin miller came out the gate like a howitzer my dude crushing it in just two games obviously seems to compliment luke like crazy that was one of yep. the biggest talking points as he was mostly stapled tyskin in over in dallas he knows how to play with those high skilled high octane young forwards and him with Luke is just looking like magic. If they can maintain that over the rest of the season, hot damn. They 
that it's going to be magic all year long. Absolutely. A lot. Every line he plays on, the other two guys, their numbers improve with him. Yep. Um, he got his first goal finally. You love to see that. Good for him there. He is still setting up plays. And, you know, it's really just, you know, even playing like this, I think he, he's pretty close to that contract eval. Uh, you know, a little bit under it for sure. Not goal scoring. But, you know, he's a playoff guy, right? That's he's the one the one caveat to playoff versus actual regular season production. Uh, my biggest thing I always talk about on the uh, Good Morning Devils fans show with Mikey is he drives play in the right direction. He helps with possession numbers a ton. But as far as an actual scoring touch goes, unless you play, basically deflect it off of his stick net front, it's just not happening with Mikey. Yeah. Yeah, he can't uh, lift the puck. He literally just cannot just not do it. Like he does everything but the scoring part that you want to see in a top six forward, yeah. which is why he's a really good bottom six forward. Yep. Um Toffoli, I think, has been fantastic. I don't I think he's him. much of an actual play driver, but for someone that you want paired with one of our two elite centers, I mean the man shot release point setups are He's I'll be honest, At the, in the offseason, I was like, yeah, he's a one-year rental. Uh, it'll be great. I think he'll fit in really well. But when I watch his shot, I'm like, oh, God, I would love that for a couple more years. Yeah, probably, I think he finally... Yeah. Go ahead, say, there's probably a way you can probably fit him in with... I know Corey's contract is finally off the books, that buyout. Uh, it really would be the term for him. Right. It'd be the biggest gotta, thing. I think you gotta line him up maybe with like him a two-year deal just to get him and Hall off the book at the same I'll time. I'll do three. Sure. I'll like, be three. Two to three. I'll be max. three. Like, Absolutely. Pilat has three more years after this, I think, right? So get him off the books at the same time as one of those two guys. He's under 35, so they want to kill you if he retires or something. Like, I mean, you could probably next year, if you keep him, you can probably maybe slide him down to a third line role. Mikey, whatever. Like, the shot is perfect. He works hard on the boards. He's basically a supercharged Alex Holt who can drive play a little bit better. Not super quick on his feet, but he can muck it up a little bit i like the point dan had with holt's kind of just like making he's kind of making his own kind of making his own luck he's working hard he has a good shot playmaking's underrated but i don't know there's been a, there's been a lot of good going on the past couple of weeks but they're just the bad has been so loud it's been kind of hard to appreciate and like talk about the good because of how right because of what we just talked about for oh. 35 minutes i wanna i wanna yeah, so a little bit I, of a so, I got a little bit more rant in there yeah, on our on our I boys' stock going up. Uh, I if to round out the top six, I think Brett has been quite good. Obviously, started out much hotter. Uh, production kind of dropped off a bit with Jack being out. I think a big part of that being other teams being able to solely focus on Brett with yeah. no Jack, no Nico, and then even no Timo. Uh, really being able to just say we shut down this Brett guy. New Jersey's offense is going to be mostly choked out. Still managed, I think, to have some really great plays, but just wasn't as visibly noticeable in a lot. Was semi-okay production-wise. Uh, and I think once we're healthy, he's just going to explode back onto the scene again. Uh, defense, uh, basically, I think everyone but Smith has been pretty good. Uh, Dougie, I mean, yeah, he has some defensive lapses, but what he puts up offensively way outweighs any of that. Same with Luke. His, his underlying charge is just Bonkers, yeah. Okay. Luke, I think, isn't even defensively bad, uh, no, especially not. as a rookie. Like it's insane. This kid's trajectory is bonkers. Um, I think Marino has uh, Marino and Siegenthaler had some ups and downs, maybe through the first uh, ten games or so. Uh, but now in this last five six game stretch, I think both of them have kind of settled in a bit more. Uh, and we, you know, we already. Uh, talked up Miller a ton. For our bottom six guys, are the guys who should be our bottom six. Nate has struggled most of the year, I feel like. Kind of had a bit of a bounce back uh, in these past couple games, but I really want to see more out of him. I think Holt's play driving and play making and everything has been really great. I really want to see what he can do. Um, it looks like he might stick more permanently with like a Halla Mercer line. Uh, I think that has the potential to be good, especially with Mercer hopefully seemingly finding his way after a very, very rough yeah, start. Uh, so I'd really like to see, I, I really want a bit more of a sample size from those three together 
uh, because I think Hala has also had some really great stretches. Uh, basically, no matter who or where he's been, as he's been tossed around this lineup a ton. Uh, if there's one guy I really want to call out, I'm not going to give Nosek a ton of crap. He's been injured in and out of the lineup. I think he's still just getting, you know, figuring it out. Got We're blasted by Truba. Yeah. You know, we'll see where he's at uh, if, when he's returning. Wellman, I think, in a very limited sample, has been sufficient. Uh, great first game. game. You know, so-so the next couple. Tierney is really the only one where I'm like, I have not seen a single thing out of Tierney where I'm like, I want this guy in the lineup. It's been I just lately, obvious that have been bad this year. Yeah, out of all the forwards, he's just the one guy where I'm like, I just, there's nothing, there's literally like nothing me. here where I'm like, please, I want to see more. But when we're healthy, I just, I just don't see him having a spot at all. And he's on a two-way deal, so it's like whatever. Right. When everyone's healthy, he'll he'll be back on the minors. Just kind of what you've been, what you touched on with uh, Marino and Siegenthaler. For audio listeners, my hand is going up like a stock chart. I feel like everyone's kind of been going like this the past couple weeks. Although obviously everyone knows the schedule's been the schedule, and the results have been the results. But pace of play has been fine the past like I think two or three weeks. It's only going to get better. Yeah. You Smith based on line rushes. Smith is currently slotting as like the fourth line left wing he's not paired with luke so your deep your defensive pairings are just about as perfect as you could possibly make them maybe like moving siegenthaler or Kandana or whatever with someone but for the most part luke has his partner they look good marino's looked way better siegenthaler does look way better dougie is dougie everyone looks fine um it's really the two centers like sliding everyone correctly appropriately if we're healthy, it's the goaltending is not going to sink us enough that our skating core will not be able to right. outproduce any detriment the goalies might bring. Right, and to just to kind of expand on like everyone's sliding the right way. The past couple weeks, like no, it's it's been awful to watch because they're they're losing because of the goaltending or whatever. But like guys getting more like getting more ice time and getting put in roles that they're not used to. Like now's the like no one wants to hear, but like now's the time where you. You don't. You never want it to happen. But if it's it's if it's gonna happen, like let it happen now, not in April. It's like oh shit, like these guys yep. have never played together before. If say God forbid Nico goes down again in the playoffs and he might be the step up into a top six role, he can do it. He can. It's not. Danico's kind of talked about this. The results yeah. are gonna be. The results are gonna be fine. Like you have Wainers who can put the puck in the back of the net. I think we'll be okay. Dan, if you have uh, a comment. Otherwise, yeah. I got one more one more big thing I wanted to rant on. Yeah, Dan- Danico's talked about this a lot. It's it's if you're gonna have a really bad stretch, it's probably better to get it out now instead of like in the in the beginning of you know like January, February, or hell even into April when it matters most to crunch out the last couple points. You'd rather get the team to struggle now and get that stuff out of the way, and you know kind of like what you said, find these little bits of chemistry between some of these guys that maybe in a pinch you're gonna have that like one line rush with these two guys that might actually combo out really well. Yeah. And then just a couple of little things about mentioning uh, players that we were talking about stock up. I remember one thing's about Luke's and one thing's about Toffoli. Luke defensively has been sneaky good. I was watching actually like a really good sample of clips um, of, of him specifically in the defensive end. And there are a lot of plays that he does when he's actually below the goal line or in the corners where he'll get a lot of good tie-ups stick lifts and just keep quick little chips or use the goal like the literal goal itself as like a bit of a barrier just to find a way to get a sneaky pass up that immediately leads into a breakout in his own exit i've noticed this too or he literally just takes the guy like for a ride on his back and just go because you can't keep up with him he just uses, nope. the, uses the net as like a slingshot and just throws up the ice and starts to yep. break out and he's not an exceptionally strong like in terms of speed getting up to top speed like jack is but like you said, he'll have guys draped on him, and he'll just keep going. He's it's, he's a it's, horse. It's, it's his frame. I mean, yeah, he's a horse. It's like his whole thing. It's, it's his frame and his acceleration really good. So it's like if he, he gets a step on you, he can literally just stiff arm me basically and yep. get you off of him. That was like his whole thing is that obviously that he brought a ton of offense. But now I've like really been surprised at how mature he's become uh, settling in, even as like a third pairing defenseman. Not to say Shelton, he's elite. He's been yeah. The, he's he's elite. He, yeah. It. The he's sky's the limit on Luke. And then, yes, and then to go back to Toffoli, actually, I wanted to just look and see what his uh, last year metrics were, microstat-wise, in terms of, like you said, he's not really that much of a like a, a, a playmaker, to say. He's actually... Like, no, 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 not, no, no, he's a playmaker. 
No, no, no. He's not a play driver. Yeah, that's what no, I was trying to get into that uh, to an extent a little bit. Like he's actually kind of good at getting the puck out of the zone. His he actually ranked pretty highly in terms of exits and getting uh, assists and shots off the rush. And though he's definitely not like a setup guy, like you said in in zone it's more of just he brings what he can do skating wise which is what i was trying to get at but very elite grinder yeah i wanted to say really good yeah when you i think you put it the opposite way i said it you said he's like a more elite holtz i think he's more like a more elite uh palat he doesn't have the same plots are very elite no one can be worse than plot (laughs) like um he doesn't have the same like a true crisp passing that Palat does, but everything else is so reminiscent. He's very strong on the puck. Obviously, he's got a pretty good shot, really good hands, can get in those shots, and isn't super fast, but can get the puck into the zone and get something going when he needs to. And that's where I'm going to end my points there before we go. I got one more guy I want to rant on, and then we'll do the looking ahead at the schedule bit here to wrap it up. So one guy I think has been fairly uh, hot and cold within the fan base uh, from what I've noticed between discords and Twitter and the likes is going to be a one Timo Meyer, The one guy I really have not touched on at all. Yeah, I've seen him quite a bit this year. So if you, not that you want to just toss out games or anything like that, obviously full season samples, blah, 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 blah. But Everyone will agree he had a very rough start to the year. Yep. If you but basically take the last good. dozen games, just the last dozen. I'm so this right now. I know what you're doing. But I'm doing this his numbers are bonkers. Yeah. Not not uh, not like you know all the way up to the heavens. Crazy. He's not like best in the league numbers wise or anything. But I mean the guy's point per game over the last eleven or so. He's got three goals in the last three games. He's played in, uh, or a goal in each of the last three games he played in. Um, he completely co- uh, controlled shot share with Toffoli while Jack was absent. Push play in the right direction on basically every single shift from shot share to danger chances to scoring chances and the like. Um, has been one of the few producers on the power play with Jack out. And really took over the mantle with the two big boys, Jack and Nico, not be- being there. And he is the top paid forward on the team. And maybe people were just not aware of his game coming in. Maybe they just, maybe they thought of him as a Jack level puck possession control guy or something because of just the hype around him and everything. But that's not really his game. Uh, and I think the biggest part was if you watched him early on, you could literally wa- see as he was playing the gears turning in his head of, when the puck wasn't on his stick, where do I need to be in transition? Where do I need to be defensively? What, How do I play within this crazy devil system when I'm not the guy with the puck? And it's really been this last stretch here where I think actually Jack not being here has helped him settle in. And now with Jack back, Nico right on the horizon, we're going to see another tier that this team was expected to be at at the start actually come to fruition yeah just I can see total that, games sure. played sorry just to tie into that point it's like he's only played like like 45 50 ish games with the devils like it's still very not even i don't even think like he was here for 20 like 20 ish games of the regular season banner last year i think he missed the game maybe like one or two games in the playoffs because of like the concussion or whatever so like 10 games there he's played like 14 15 whatever games he, it's he's still relatively new into the system so like people don't want to hear i mean people don't want to hear anything they don't want to hear any logic because they just want to be mad and like reactionary but like it is true like i mean it's a it's a very good point like he's still relatively new to the system and he has had a bunch of different line mates i know he was playing on the third line a bunch last year then he's playing with jack then he's playing with nico and then jack's out and then he's playing with mikey he's still if you include play. last uh, if you include playoffs he is at 46 exactly. devil's games like, that's, that's, yeah that's regular that's season that's games he's yeah, the regular season, he's got 35 games played with uh, 25 points. Right, and he didn't have... Yeah, I mean, he's 11 for 14, 11 points in his last 11, basically. Right, so it's, like... you can see, it's been a ton of power play, which, again, we made... We joked on the Rangers last year for being power play margins, but, like, that's what they've... That's what he's been, just points-wise. But, like, it's not like he's not doing anything 5v5. I pulled up... I have the November 
uh, numbers up, by the way, for unnatural stat trick. He is eighth on the team in terms of expected goals for percentage, and he's still 58.88%. Where's he at for forwards? Forwards, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Caruso's I think third on the team, 63%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. numbers are great. <laughs> yeah, no, Lazar's numbers are bonkers. Dude's crushing it. Love Laser. I agree with your point. I think once we, like, he's now finally settling, and obviously he's out right now with the, the that, that injury that we saw him take in the Winnipeg game. Yeah, I think he blocked a shot that either hit his arm, wrist, or his abdomen when that happened because he was wincing his arm a lot, which I think it's probably best to just keep him, you know, I would say at most... He would be out, I think, by... They have three games in the next four days, so... I think by the Islanders game, he'll be back at, That's at worst. Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is whatever, I mean... But with that in mind, like, yeah, we're going to get all of our guys that have truly helped put us back into the type of game we want to play, and yeah. the numbers are looking good in our favor. Um, like you said, you want to wrap it up, we want to look at the schedule going forward and basically just rattle off if we're going to win or not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can touch on it real quick, and we will call it an episode. First yeah. one back in a while, so. A little bit longer today, but we both want more to talk about. I mean, we yeah, haven't I been mean, here for almost a month. So it's a big it's a big stretch, right? I mean, you want to say Red Wings is a big game because worst-case scenario, we're fighting them for a wild-card spot. I mean, Blue Jackets are, I'll be honest, man, if, if, we, if we lose to the Red Wings and then the Blue Jackets back-to-back, this fan base yeah. might literally implode. <laughs> I, I can see that, 100%. But Damon Severson's out for that game, so... He got an oblique injury. Things don't look good in Columbus. Patrick Lane was just a healthy scratch last night. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's, it is... Goudreau has been tragic as well. Yeah, but we've been doing that. We have, the, <laughs> we have the real Johnny Hockey. Yes, sir. So, yeah, Detroit should be winnable, but it's going to be another tough one because they've been... Pretty, pretty all right to start. They started really hot and they've kind of like came down to earth a little bit since. Jackets for sure. Buffalo's been in it's a actually... bit of a weird spot too. Like the, the Red Wings and the Sabres kind of started off coincidentally very hot and then have kind of like came back to like the, yeah, we're going to humble you a little bit. Like you're just not there yet. It's actually the last two games in November that are probably the most important with the yep. Islanders and Flyers. Yeah, that um, like and then... games. Yeah, and then the Sabres game is, is Tage um, 100% no, or not? No, he's out for a while, right? He's going to be yeah. out for a very long time, I yeah, think. Yeah, so Red Wings shook, shook up their lines. They they split up to Brinkett and Larkin, trying to spark something. Uh, we really, you know, no Nico, no Timo. So it's got to probably be the Jack show with Brat. Uh, I think just on paper, we still have the better lineup, even missing our captain, one of our most important players who plays every situation. And our highest paid forward, we probably still have the better lineup. Alex Lyon and... is in that, by the way, for tomorrow. So you should you should win that game by multiple goals. Back to the Tage Thompson bit for two seconds. He says he's going to be. Uh, they 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 hope that he's going to be out for less than a couple months. So. Yeah, it did look, it did look good. Yeah, no. <laughs> Jake's fantasy team is crying. Rip, rip my fucking fantasy team. So back. So yeah. So hopefully we can win out at least three or five truthfully and hopefully those three being the divisional games to be honest get those points move up the division since there's not too much that separates us there is four points that separates us from philadelphia in second place how many games more do they have played they have 18 games played to our 16 they only have two more games ahead of us yeah, so, so if you win two of the three or whatever the three of the four if we were fully healthy if we were fully healthy, we probably could sweep the next six. Honestly, I would say the next shit. So it's crazy. So, so let's head to the seven then, right? After, so the next six is Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Sabres, Islanders, Flyers, Sharks. Very weak. And then we're playing Sharks. one of the, the yeah, PDO bending Canucks, be... who it'll be the first Triple Hughes game, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and Jack always pops off yeah. versus vancouver yeah no no actually, no that's no this is the western trip yep yeah first game of the western trip we hit the canucks which again yeah pdo bending but quinn has been absolutely insane that's one of those so, i think that's gonna be one of those season uh state uh statement games hopefully 
where you're playing one of the the best quote unquote best teams in the league uh based on record and I really I if assuming we're healthy uh, that's my biggest caveat Nico, assuming we're healthy they'll, they'll be back by then yeah you got Nico and Jack at minimum and especially if you got Timo which we should for that one I truly don't see us not bulldozing Jack, the Canucks. Jack always turns up those games because it means a little bit more. You know Luke is going to... That's kind of something that rubs off in the locker room. It's like, all right, we got to win this one for Jack. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, you got the Kraken who are struggling heavy. They've been who dead. knows what the Flames look like at that point. The Oilers is they've a whole been... thing. And then, we play been... Boston, and then we play Boston after that, which is probably... <laughs> probably gonna be rough, but Man, we, we, we hate playing Boston the past like what three four years. Oh, uh, dude, we, we played them hella tight last year and lost both. So it's yeah. like I remember that it was the two games during the Christmas, like around Christmas time. Like, oh my god, yeah. Blackwood had a crazy close. And then, in, in my honest opinion, I think we should round up form. By the way, December ends with the, the type of opponents we play again. Again, we put, we'll play Columbus again in Columbus, yeah, back to back into. And then Ducks, Flyers, or like there's a long stretch here where we can cover. We have a lot them. of repeat opponents. We play the yeah. we play the 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 Blue Jackets, the Flyers, and the and the Red Wings. You know, the, the, we play. Basically, almost all of our Columbus games within a November December span. Good. Played Detroit twice. I think I saw. I think saw. I saw someone say. It might, it might have been you. Someone said Severson's going to miss all the games against the Devils. I don't, I um, he it might not have been you. I saw. He's supposed to potentially be back by the last game of the season. This is what they're hoping, based on the, the, the at least the last, like the last um oh, the matchup. Devils matchup, matchup this season, yeah, so. which is in which is in January though, so he's gonna expect to miss a lot of time. Right, but um, no, yeah, like I I truthfully think that if we are one hundred percent healthy and play the way we're supposed to, but going into the calendar new year, we should be in a playoff spot, if not, you know, contending for yeah the whole the first whole in the division. Thanksgiving thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like I generally agree with that sentiment, but like. What's the matter? Is it, how much stock can you put into that when you're missing three? No, the way the way I look at it is, were we in Columbus's spot right now? It's a lot of ground. Or the Oilers, were we in the Oilers spot right now? It's a lot of ground to make up. You, you gotta remember, we're like three. You know, it's like three points or whatever swing, and we have yep. basically played almost nobody in the Metro yeah, outside of the. Said, as, after this six, seven, eight game stretch, whatever you want to say, and you're still four, five, six points. If you're four, five, six points out. Then, I, then, we're then I'm okay with you being like the seasons. I'm literally never worried yeah. until it's inevitable. <laughs> so. right. yeah. The other thing I want to, well, another thing, one last real point I kind of want to bring before we wrap this up, and I know we keep yeah, we got to wrap up, wrap up. Well, do it, do it, do it. What do we think about the Rangers PDO right for being first in the division? Like, obviously they're super high up there. I think they're like up there with Vegas and the Canucks last no, time no, I checked. Canucks is crazy. The thing with the Rangers is they're getting the most timely scoring and the most timely goaltending. Yep, I was, I, I was, I unfortunately had to do a piece on them for what I write for and just talking about how a lot of their PDO has been based around. They have a no, really, they're, they're in like the a, there's like a four quadrants of like high high save percentage and high shooting you, percentage. And they're you know the Rangers are like completely average PDO wise, right? Like they're basically I think they kind of like started basing basing up. But I'm pretty sure their shooting percentage isn't very good, but their save percentage is. The yeah. only they're the getting only thing crazy for the Rangers is quick, uh, playing out of his mind. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, and, and you could even say. Yeah, and you can even say that that's a counterbalance by Shesterkin not playing out of his mind as he just yeah. So I was looking at the um, they're just post... yeah. they're one of those teams that if you have elite goaltending and an elite power play and a sufficient enough five v five, that's you can play with that, and that's what their team makeup is. Right, it's the same story as two years ago, and everyone's like, oh, they can't keep doing it, even though they ran into shit. I mean, they, they can just kept doing it, but. I mean, yeah, you can. Maybe that's, he'll that's get there. Cool. Panarin's going to run cold at some point. Kako no, he's not. Dude. Panarin, Panarin's on one. He yeah. finally didn't score last night at the beginning of the end. On one. Not for, hopefully not for my fantasy team with Tejo. I mean, he was literally on a 15-game point streak, bro. was yeah, no, tweaking. He, he probably could have had like four or five games at all on Saturday. Yeah. But back yes. to what I was showing, at least when I saw, because by Data Driven Hockey on Instagram, that, po that post I think someone put in a hockey ops where it shows like who's outside of the green square. For the the PDO, it was just at least yeah, like the Canucks are way up there, 
and it says everyone's in the green box by the end of the season. The Rangers are one of the six teams out of that out of that box. So that's where one of those things was like they're definitely benefiting from insane uh, shoot, uh, save percentage and then the timely shooting percentage. They don't very much drive a lot very well, 5v5. And then I've obviously just capitalized, like you said, timely goals and power one, play. One last point on that is when you have game breakers, and yeah. I talk about this a lot, when you have a Panarin who <clears throat> sets up such ridiculous type plays either for himself or others, they are PDO breakers. In the Literally sense that... that first Panarin goal in yeah. the Ranger game was just insane. Click, but... click, 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 five passes and goal. That's also our team is set up for that too. We just been hurt. That's Jack. Yep. Jack blows that stuff out of the water. Even Nico and Timo and Brat also do the similar, very similar things. That's why our power play, if we're healthy, I think legitimately can sustain what it's been doing. Number one, yeah. So I think that's a way to we, put. That's a nice way to wrap it up. Uh, I mean, we're winning the cup, so <laughs> that's right. One oh five, oh no. One oh five, oh and oh, when fully healthy. Caps aren't keeping this up. Kane, the Canes are. No, we know, have not. To, they're, they're so. We haven't lost a single game with our starting lineup. We also have not played a single game with our fully healthy starting lineup. We lost the second game of the season with the Coyotes. Miller. Oh, true. That's true. 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 Fair. 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 So true, bestie. That is true. <laughs> All right. Peace up. Eight down. Down. Yep. That's a good place to end it. Um, I'm still in BP's knows, place here. Yeah, who knows when we'll be back. Um, hopefully it won't be as long as last time. Uh, thanks for sticking with us if you're listening to this. Uh, fellas, hopefully next time we get together, it's uh, quite a couple of doubles of wins that we're covering. Jack Hughes, MVP. Curtis Lazar is the best player in the uh, NBA.